following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Welcome to another broadcast of Pilgrim's Progress. I've been listening all morning to the preaching of this Old Testament prophet Malachi. He has sobered my heart because, of course, in the book of Malachi, pardon me, we find God is speaking about his people and his temple. And in the new covenant, we are the temple of the living God. He wants to come and dwell in us. And so we are called to set our hearts on Jesus. Now, how do we do that? I want to be very practical with you. The answer is not philosophical, the answer is very practical. And Malachi teaches us about this. The Lord begins to speak to Malachi. And he says, I have loved you. But you you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau's, uh, Jacob's brother? The Lord says, yet I love Jacob, but Esau... I've hated, and I've turned this mountain into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. In other words, God is saying, look, I blessed, I blessed you, Jacob. I cursed Esau. Now, we could take some time and talk about why Esau was cursed. Bottom line, he was cursed because he would not become the habitation of God. He refused his allegiance to God while yet wanting the blessing from his father. He wanted the birthright blessing from his father, but that was a spiritual blessing as well as a physical blessing. The prophet goes on. Verse 6 of chapter 1, A son honors his father and a servant his master. 
if I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priests, who show contempt to my name. Now, please understand that in the New Covenant, we are, even as in the Old Testament, all called to be priests of God. There is no separation between laity and clergy in the New Testament. Different functions, but all priests of the Most High God. He says, it is you, O priests, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You place defiled food on my altar. How have I placed defiled food on the altar of the Lord? When I came into covenant with Jesus Christ, and I said, you are my Lord, I became his temple. And now when I bring defiled things into my heart, I am defiling the temple of the Lord. When I spend my time listening to the foolishness of this world, when I do not reserve myself unto the Lord, I am placing things that are defiled on the altar of the Lord. Does it matter if I take in with my eyes that which is wicked? Yes, because everything I take in through my eyes goes to the altar of the Lord. If I sit and just casually listen to the music of the world, I am playing the music of the world in the ears of Almighty God because it is going on the altar of the Lord in my heart. Do you understand that the Lord listens to everything that you listen to? He sees all that you see. What you bring into your temple of the Lord is brought before Jesus as an offering. And Malachi, by the word of the Lord, is saying to the children of Israel, you have defiled my temple. You have brought into this temple things that are not clean. You place defiled food on my altar. You have said the table of the Lord is contemptible when you bring blind animals for sacrifice is that not wrong when you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals is that not wrong try offering that to your governor would he be pleased with you would he accept you says the Lord Almighty now implore God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. 
Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept offerings from your hands. Let's translate this into the new covenant where you have brought every kind of worldly thing into your heart. The lust for money, the anger and bitterness and criticism of a brother or a sister, where you have where you have been utterly defensive and dishonest in your association with others. All of that you have brought onto the altar of the Lord. When you burn with rage, you bring that on the altar of the Lord. when you sing that worldly song, when you pursue those worldly goals, all of this comes on the altar of the Lord. And he says, oh, that one of you would just shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you. He's literally saying, look, you need to decide what you're going to bring on the altar of the Lord. Don't make these protestations that you're a Christian. Don't, don't pretend that you're righteous when your heart is filled with everything of the world. He's saying, I would rather you would just say, I am not a Christian. Don't pretend to set your heart on Jesus and then set your heart on your own ways and the lust of your heart. Shut the doors. Stop calling yourself a Christian because by calling yourself a Christian and bringing defiled offerings before the Lord, you are creating calluses on your heart. You are becoming hardened in your heart and in that hardness you become indifferent to the temple of the Lord now I must confess as a teaching pastor that I have been heartbroken before the Lord even this week this morning considering all the time I have wasted in foolish discourse with the world all the time I have spent acting as though I had no serious issues to consider just kind of drifting along finding acceptable the religious practice of America 
when it's an utter abomination before our God. He says, I wish one of you would just finally get honest enough to shut the door and not light any fires on your altar. Because when you light the fire on your altar, all you're going to offer me are the deformed animals of the world. You're going to offer me the goals you have in your heart for ascendancy. You're going to offer to me the foolishness of your escapism. Those things that comfort your heart so that you don't have to face the sin and wickedness of your life. Because you have a form of godliness but no power. I've been saying, oh Lord, it's me. That's me. And I repent. I've become, in these last days, much more conscious of of what I look at and what I hear, where I go, what I think, what I do. Because I don't want the Lord to say to me, why don't you just go ahead, Ray, and close up your doors? You're not a Christian. No, I I have set my heart on Jesus. And of course, as soon as you say, I've set my heart on Jesus, he says, then deny yourself. Well, let's be honest about what I'm to deny myself of. He wants me first and foremost to deny myself the wasted time enjoying the world and the things of the world. He wants me to come apart with him. He wants me to come apart with him and and waste time with him, if you please. Just worshiping in his presence. One young man said to me, Pastor, I don't have time to to read the scriptures. I said, wait a minute, what do you do with your time? Well, I go to work. And after work, I go work out. I go out and get something to eat. I talk to some friends. By the time I get home, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. I've got to get up in the morning again and go to work. His lifestyle is that of a pagan, not of a Christian. Even when a man or woman is at work, they are called to set their heart on Jesus. That place of work should be a place where there is constant prayer being lifted up from your heart to Jesus, constant dialogue, constant instruction coming from the Holy Spirit. Do this, don't do that. Walk this way, don't walk that way. Here are, here are the answers to the problem you're facing. Here is the solution you seek. A crying out of my heart to God and an answering by the Spirit 
instructing me in what I'm to do and what I'm to say. I waited before God to hear what to say to you today on this radio broadcast. I cannot just choose a pleasant topic and and bring that as my offering before the Lord because what I'm saying to you is coming directly to the altar of the Lord in my heart. And it then goes directly to Jesus and he evaluates what's being said. So what I say needs to be salted with grace because he is very real. I do not want to profane the table of the Lord. My heart is the table of the Lord. He has said, He will be my provision that I am to accept from his hand only that which he gives me. But I assure you today that the devil comes with his hand outstretched to give me many, many gifts. And he's eager for me to accept them because then I'm compromised. People will even come with with wonderful words of affirmation or bitter words of condemnation. Am I to offer those wonderful words of adulation on the altar of my heart before a holy God? Am I to offer those words of condemnation on the altar of my heart to Jesus? No. No. I'm to let those words go on past me and let them roll off my back like off water off a duck's back. It doesn't matter whether you approve or disapprove of me because you are not the altar of my heart. Jesus, Jesus is the altar of my heart and he will decide what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and I don't wish to profane the altar of my heart and cause my Lord Jesus grief and sorrow I don't want to bring diseased animals and offer them on the altar of my heart. This wonderful man, Malachi, he says, my name, this is quoting the Lord Jesus, My name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. This is what will take place. We are here but a very short and temporary amount of time. And if you bring profaned offerings on your altar to the Lord... He will say to you, why don't you just shut the door? You do not belong to me. But most will never hear that word because they're so hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, by the deceitfulness of the carnal mind, by the deceitfulness of 
of everything that is about us that is obviously not of the Spirit of God. I want the Spirit of Christ to dwell in my heart and I want to be able to bring the offering of my life to that altar. I don't want to bring to him profaned offerings. Verse 12, but you profane it by saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled, and of its food it is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows it to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal for the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. And now this abomination is for you, O priest. If you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you, and I will, ca- I will curse your blessings. Yes, I've already cursed them because you've not set your heart to honor me. You know, many of you today, I'm very clear, as I've prayed for you, have walked in many ways as I have. You've set your heart on being successful. You've set your heart on surviving. You've set your heart on those casual pleasures that release you from some of the pain of your journey not recognizing that God has cursed your life because you've not offered acceptable offerings before him you've not read his word you've not thought his thoughts you've not earnestly turned away and sought after him I don't know how to say this to you Let me stumbling and bumbling and ignorantly try to say this. When we go about our day and we just flow with the world, the Lord Jesus is shut out of our heart and the altar of the Lord is empty. And then we come to church or we come to some time of inspiration and we begin to cry out to the Lord, perhaps even with tears, and there is no answer. We say, why isn't the Lord answering? Why? Because you've had the altar of the Lord polluted all week. You've offered all week the things of the flesh. You've had you've had your mind on everything but on Jesus. You don't believe that Jesus is in charge. You don't believe that every detail is subject to his perusal and his judgment and his decision. Instead, you think you're in charge. 
And then you think Jesus should come and bless you? I see men and women who who would say, yes, I'm a Christian, but they come into the presence of God on Sunday and they're dead. And when you preach and you try to raise the level of their understanding, they sit like zombies. If you tell them a joke, they'll laugh. If you tell them a nice little story, they'll cry. But if you tell them honestly about Jesus and sin and the altar, they look at you like you're some kind of freak. We should be coming into the house of the Lord joyous, rejoicing, praising his name because all week long we've been offering to him the offerings of righteousness, of holiness. We've been offering integrity, honesty. We've been offering him all week long on the altar, our lives poured out for others. We come to the worship time and to the, and to the communion time, not as a ritual. We come as ones who have laid down their lives and are possessed by the Holy Spirit. We come to encourage a brother or sister. We come to speak tenderly one to another. We come to encourage one another in this wonderful journey of righteousness in Jesus. We don't come to be spectators. We don't come to be entertained. Turn off the stupid, ungodly, wicked music. It just numbs you out. You offer that on the altar of your heart. And it stirs up your sentimentality. So it lights some kind of fire on your altar. And then you offer your unrighteousness on the altar. And you're cursed by the Lord because of it. And the church in America has been cursed. It's dead. It has no power. The formula is very simple to build a church in America. You don't have to pray. You don't have to seek the face of the Lord. You just have to acquire the money the investment so that you can do your marketing plan and you can bring in your big name speakers to attract you bring in your musicians to attract you set up your programs you do it like a business and suddenly you'll have hundreds of people attending I know I've done it and it's wickedness before God You don't come into the church with worldly chit-chat and casual conversation. You come into the church, the body of Christ, with an altar in your heart, a light with fire, 
coming to to worship with other believers whose heart is alight with fire. You have been cleansed and purified throughout the week. You come to share your testimony of victory. You come to share your scriptures of encouragement. You come to witness. You come to listen to the word as it's preached. And the arrows of the conviction of the Holy Spirit pierce you and show you how you can draw closer to Jesus in the coming week. See, this is normal church. America is not doing normal church. They're doing the Malachi church. And God is saying, I wish you'd just close the American doors. It's not church. It's church business. It's church entertainment. It's the concert, the song, and the dance. But it's not Christian. It's just spray-painted with Jesus on the outside. Look, I go to church for only one reason. I go there to honor Jesus. And in honoring Jesus, I have wonderful fellowship with my brothers and sisters. We're going to have to face honestly the condition of our hearts. The Lord God of heaven, Jesus Christ, is a great king. You do not casually profane his name and walk away unscathed. There is but a blessing and a curse. There is no middle ground. There is but a blessing and a curse. Verse 3 of chapter 2 is terrifying. He says, Because of you I will rebuke your descendants. I will spread on your faces the offal from your festal sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it. Literally, he's saying, I'm going to smear your face with the manure from the cattle you're offering me. Well, let's bring that to New Testament. He's saying, I'm going to smear your face with the wickedness of this world so that when someone looks at you, they're going to see a face that is pitted with sin, hardened by sin. I did a wedding for a dear couple just recently. In fact, last Saturday. When I was finished with the presentation and it was very much a gospel message, many of the people who were there were, in fact, I would say the majority of people who were there were not Christian. I was fascinated by who approached me to talk about the Lord Jesus and who who fled. One couple that was there, a, a young woman in a frilly miniskirt, spike heels, a ring nose, purple and green and yellow and long hair, all colored, 
She looked kind of freakish with all of her piercings. A young man with her, her boyfriend. Tall, thin, little mustache, little beard. Dressed like he was drugged through something. They came to me, their faces were alight. They were hungry for Jesus, thanking me for the message, not offended by it. I said, Lord, the ones you would least expect are the ones who will come and who will begin to offer their lives to be temples of the Holy Spirit. Many walked away offended, their faces hard, pitted with sin, hearts filled with worldliness and lust for money, for everything unclean. Couldn't wait to go and get started getting drunk. Painful lives. have all the toys, all the money, but their life is cursed. They sniff contemptuously at the gospel of Jesus Christ. And upon their faces has been spread the manure of our culture. The manure of worldliness of loneliness, of heartache because they refuse to bring righteous and holy sacrifices to the temple of the Lord. Malachi in chapter 2 verse 8 says, but you have turned from the way and your teachings have caused many to stumble you have violated the covenant, says the Lord Almighty. Can I ask you today, have you, have you brought the unclean sacrifices of casualness, worldliness, the pleasures and entertainments of this day, the social engagements of this day, Have you brought that to the altar of the Lord? Have you grieved the Lord? Do your words say, Oh, I love Jesus. I honor Jesus. And then all day you bring all of your worldliness and your bitterness and you offer them on the altar of your your heart. What are you going to do? Will you set your heart on Jesus? Have you resolved 
Have you covenanted with the Lord God of heaven to dedicate all of your heart and all of your life, your mind, your thoughts, your actions? Have you covenanted that to belong to Jesus? Have you finally come to understand with me that there is no middle ground? You are either going to serve the Lord the Almighty and bring righteous offerings to this to the heart, to the temple of the Holy Spirit, or you are going to bring to him the filthiness of your world. In John, the 15th chapter, there's a passage of scripture that is terrifying to me. And at the same time, it is so exotic and so incredible. It's beyond my imagination. It's beyond my understanding. I, I've read it and reread it, and I pray over it, and I weep over it. John, the Gospel, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. That's Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So every branch. See, this, he's saying the same thing Malachi said. If you bring to the altar actions and words that bear no fruit for righteousness. He's saying, my father's going to cut you off from me. Now the church today is filled with dead branches waiting to be burned because they've been cut off from a vital relationship with Jesus. All they have is some sentimental attachment to some person called Jesus, and they want to say, I'm saved. But in fact, they don't act like they're saved. They don't live like they're saved. They don't testify like they're saved. Dead branches, bearing no fruit, filled with anger and bitterness, not filled with the fruit of the Spirit. I just read and prayed through this morning again this keep your finger in john 14 over here in galatians the fifth chapter he says the fruit of the spirit is love that's self-sacrificing love disinterested love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control Against such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if I'm understanding this correctly, when you crucify the sinful nature, that is when you kill the sinful nature with its passions and desires with its casual love of the world 
with its focus on outward things instead of things of the Spirit, when your whole attention is on the outer physical world, the creation around you, and all that wicked men and women have created in that space, when your attention is there, your passions are still alive. You've not been crucified with Christ. The desires for the flesh are still alive. The fruit of the Spirit is what the Holy Spirit does in us. He causes us to sacrifice ourselves for others. Not to demand that we be recognized, not to demand that we be fawned upon. No, we're but servants in the household of God. If someone else gets the award, we're grateful because we don't want to be lifted up. If someone else gets a pay raise, we're grateful because we're content with what we receive. Joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He brings forth these things by grace. You come back to the 15th chapter, he says... He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, no fruit of the Spirit, and no fruit of righteousness, no fruit of the lost, hearing the testimony of our walk with Jesus, and then they're drawn to serve Jesus with us. Where is your flock? Who have you won to Jesus? At work, do you look with contempt on people? Do you think you're better than others at work? Do you speak disparagingly of them? Do you have judgments in your heart against them? You're offering polluted offerings on the on the altar of your heart before the Lord every branch that does bear fruit he says the father prunes that is he cuts back the things the foliage that which will not help in the bearing of fruit A lot of you look really good in public. You smile, you laugh, you can talk and hang with anybody. But how much time have you spent with Jesus, humbling your heart, searching after him, seeking him? 
Have you honored Jesus with with all your heart? Have you set your heart on Jesus? See, that's not just some empty concept. To set your heart on Jesus means you have to be crucified. And then it gets very practical. The scriptures say, purify your heart. How do you purify your heart? By obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit? Obey his promptings. And the more you obey his promptings, the more of the presence of the Holy Spirit you will have in your life. The more casual you are in your conversation and in your actions, the less of the Holy Spirit you will have in your heart. And he'll say, shut the doors. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be there. You have no real altar in your heart. You have refused. I might just ask, do you have an altar of the Holy Spirit in your heart? Do you have an altar of burnt offering in your heart where where you bring righteous offerings before the Lord? Where you've given him your time? You've given him your money? Somebody said to me yesterday, Pastor, we can talk about a lot of different things, but but money, that's something very touchy to talk about it told me an awful lot about this person that there is still an issue in their heart with worshiping money a determination in their heart that things will work their way if you're touchy about money even if you find yourself saying, you know, I wish Pastor Ray would not invite us to give tithes and offerings. I wish he'd just preach. Oh, money is the issue with you, isn't it? You think you don't have enough for yourself. The Lord is asking you to bring all of your money and put it on the altar in your heart before the Lord and give him control over every dime you possess For if you are on that altar of burnt offering before the Lord, all that you have is there before him. And so he comes and he prunes. He cuts away those hard edges. He cuts away those things in our hearts that that flower up and look good, but are unclean to offer before the Lord. He said, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken. Remain in me and I will remain in you or abide in me and I will abide in you. This is what Malachi was saying. Your heart is the altar of the Lord and he wants full possession of that altar in your heart. 
and he does not want you to offer on that altar unclean sacrifices before him. He wants you to know that what you listen to comes directly to that altar with a loudspeaker. He wants you to know that what you do is fully projected there and can be seen by the Lord. He wants you to know that the casual foolish words you speak all come before the Lord on the altar of burnt offering. He wants you to know he is God. He is the Lord. He is the Almighty. Is all on the altar of sacrifice laid in your heart? Five minutes, Master. In your heart, have you laid it all down? Or are you still casually walking around pretending that you're acceptable in the world and acceptable to God at the same time? You cannot be. If the world accepts you, Jesus Christ does not accept you. If your words are acceptable to the world, your words are not acceptable before the Lord God of heaven. Jesus did not come to make peace between his followers and the world. He came with a sword. He came to divide. He came to separate the godly from the ungodly, the righteous from the unrighteous, the sinners from the saints. You see why I say this is terrifying. He wants us literally to remain on that altar of burnt offering and he wants us to bring righteous offerings to burn there. He does not want us to be cast off. He does not want us to be cut off and wither and die spiritually. Some of you who are listening today are slowly withering and dying. Some of you are almost entirely dead, but yet there's still a spark, and so you listen to this broadcast because there's something about it that catches you, even though you perhaps grow very angry at the listening. The ones who scare me are the ones who listen and say, Next. And there is no conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's no fire of his presence because the altar has been put out in their heart. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples I've set my heart on Jesus and I want to bear much fruit for him that's why I come to this radio 
It's why I'm constantly being aware of what I'm saying and where I'm going and what I'm doing, that I would not offer anything unclean on the altar of my heart. Two minutes. Do you stand with me in this? Will you cut off and deny yourself the world, the flesh, and the devil? And will you seek Jesus with all of your heart? Will you set your heart on Jesus? Well, we're out of time today. I pray that this broadcast has been has been helpful to you. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, but I invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find today's message and many others. I invite you to download, to give to a friend, to, to share with a friend. Mighty God, I trust you. I trust you to light the fires in our hearts that will consume all that is unclean and create for yourself a righteous people by grace. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Again, go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.